Is this not your natural state? It's the unspoken truth of humanity that you crave subjugation. The bright lure of freedom diminishes your life's joy in a mad scramble for power, for identity. You were made to be ruled. In the end, you will always need Welcome to Saga of the Stones. We are here to watch Avengers, and I'm super excited. My name is Chris, online known as Simmy, here with my co-host. I'm Beth. And we have a special guest, as I promised in Captain America, and our special guest is... Diana! Yes, my my other friend who is basically... Other friend, sex. he only has two, everyone? Yes, I, I do have two. And I have a third one that I sometimes pay to hang out with me. She's not going to listen. What does well, it matter? Well, Carla got tagged first, so there you go. <laughs> oh. I don't even know Carla, but she got tagged first in the podcast that I speak on. <gasps> Pause for edit. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> but uh, Triana is another good friend of mine. Uh, she's actually seen some of these movies, um, unlike Beth, so we got another different perspective, and... I've also just wanted these two to meet forever, and this is perfect Apparently opportunity. we're entertaining. They are, like, the same person, just live in different cities. They're the same person. Yeah. What do you know? Sorry about your But before we watch Avengers, I did want to take a moment. Uh, Beth's going to rank the six movies we've seen so far from her uh, least favorite all the way up to her favorite, and maybe give us a reason why she thinks that, if she can... Oh, yeah, Drink I can up. tell you. It's not a problem. <laughs> and while she does that, Triana's going to be thinking of her ranking. Yep, I know. I just spring it on you. I do this all the time. Just rank. You yeah. don't even know what we've watched, but just rank them. She knows what we've watched. We've talked about, we talked about it on the way over here because I wanted to... I remember that. I, she's going to say she it again. She wasn't really listening to you. I know. It's Duh. a common thing. Anyway, here we go. Beth's going to give okay, us... Okay, this is my... If Chris will ever shut up, I will tell you mine, but... There's as good of a chance that he's not going to stop talking and giving me a chance. I was just quiet. Okay. We've watched six, right? So number six is freaking Iron Man. She hates I it. hated Iron Man. It was awful. It was boring. And I hated, hated, hated Tony Stark and all the other characters because nobody really cares about any of them. Number five. I hated this last thing we watched. Thor. Thor was bad. Thor was too kitschy and stupid for me. I didn't like it. Um, number four is Hulk. Same reason as Thor. It was just a no. I didn't care about the characters. There was nothing going on there. Number three, Iron Man 2. Surprisingly, much, much better than Iron Man 1 because you actually get to know some characters and actually give a crap about what's going on in the movie. See, you wanted me to talk. I'm talking. I love it. I'm number great. Number two was Captain America and it didn't make number one just because Captain Marvel was so much better. That's all I have to say about that. All right, so Trina's had a few seconds to think about it. Okay, I'm going to try to get through that. Um, remember those. Um, my number six would be Iron Man 2. Did not like that one as well as the first. Number five, we'd have to go with Iron Man just because 
I kind of like all the other movies. <laughs> then Hulk. I just love Hulk, but the movie was, it just didn't get there. Then we've got, what else have we got? There's Thor, there's Captain America, and Captain okay. Marvel. Okay, so definitely Thor next. I have to go with Captain Marvel, then Captain America. Hmm. Now, why specific? Do you have any, like, can you remember anything, reason why? Words? Not words. <laughs> Captain Marvel, the storyline for me just didn't catch quick enough. Mm. When it did, it was great. But it didn't catch quick enough. Hmm. And that's interesting. One of the things we talked about in watching them is that they are very far separated in release time. So Beth got to watch them back to back. It's a very similar pacing of story. And I I think that does make a big difference because I also would put Captain Marvel under Captain America for a very similar reason. It it By the time we get to that movie in the way it was released, they had got an awesome formula of how to put these movies together. So it never kind of leaves you dragging. But that one kind of went back in time and in the kind of the formula a little bit, I thought. So rank yours. Oh. Yeah, you putting everybody else on the spot. Your turn, <laughs> Mr. Nerd. <sighs> Fine. Thor is my bottom because, man, that movie blows. I hate it, hate it, always hated it. That rewatching it didn't change that. How you really feel about that movie, Chris? Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. No, don't. What's number five? <laughs> number five. Um, it's hard for me to do this because I, I I like it and I have a lot of feelings attached to it. But Iron Man has to go there because it just, when compared to the other movies, even just these movies, it just isn't as good a movie. It doesn't. It's a very linear, one-dimensional story, and it does a good job establishing things, but it's just not good it doesn't give stuff and i like stuff four <laughs> um we're not gonna talk about your stuff so go to number four <laughs> uh i love just so you know there's no editing there i didn't say anything she just knew what i was talking about <laughs> they both did they both knew exactly Can you just go to number playing? four because nobody else wants to hear this nonsense <laughs> we don't want to hear this nonsense <laughs> Yes, but I brought yes, the equipment and I four. brought Trina. We're you will number listen. Four. You will listen to me. I'm anyway. just gonna push play. I have the remotes. <laughs> number four, um, I guess Iron Man two. It was much better than I remembered, but because of the next three, I I, I have to put it lower. It's I thought it was really good, um, especially compared to Iron Man one. Um, but yeah, um, I think number three, I'd put. Hulk, and not because I didn't like it. Again, uh, it, it was better than Iron Man 2 for me, but it, it just wasn't the same caliber as the Captains. And then, uh, like Triana, I would put Captain Marvel and then Captain America. Captain America was just... At the time, I was I thought it was a silly movie, but knowing kind of the whole of the MCU and where they went, there was just so much good stuff layered in. I think by itself, though, I did have it at, like, the bottom two. But uh, other than that, I think we're about ready to watch the movie. Yes, I'm going to push play so he'll stop talking. And we're going to watch it in English. Hopefully. In theory. Maybe with sound. Okay.
like that movie. Yes, it was great. Uh, I'm probably not at the level of exuberance as Chris is, but it was good. I enjoyed it. It kept me engaged. I didn't get bored. It was great. And, of course, I guess, Diana, what do you think? Um, yes, just as good as I love it, but I'm not going to squeak like Chris did. Oh, thank God. I have no problem he might squeak on demand we don't know yeah. Yeah. look forward to that in a couple of years on demand. Um, oh, I hope that, that gets cut out <laughs> well we'll see anyway okay let's let's dive right in pick out something that stuck out to you top five what you usually talk, and then I tell you you're a moron, and we go from there. I know, but I'll, I'll talk forever. And I'm oh my gosh, first. you gotta stop talking already. I just, I just can't take it. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Well, I gotta say, it was kind of a slow build-up, getting everybody together, and I wasn't sure what was happening hmm. there for a little bit, or who some of these people were. Heck, I forgot about Loki. And yeah. he made a... Who's that? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the bad guy of the last movie yeah. we just watched. We did just watch it, and he was a dick in that movie, too. So he is my... He will be the dick moment. Uh, I don't care. This is my... He told me to talk. I talk, and I'm wrong. No. What do you know? I'm sorry. I have to save that for later. Never mind. Oh no, he encompassed most of the movie. Yeah, but you pick one moment. All okay. right, I'll think okay. about that later. But well, you don't want to do it now? No, because now I have to think about a moment. Yeah. Sorry, I changed it from the exact same thing as the last movie. My bad. I mean, you're going for spontaneity, right? You I, mean, want, I, I now have a new dick moment. It's Chris right now. <laughs> and pause for it. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even know where to start. I mean, from the very beginning, they, they really just layered things for me very well. Uh, from the way, like, once the movie kicked in, you have the Marvel, and then it kind of had that one fire test drive. And then into the test drive, all the way into all the movies. Oh, that's really impressive. Um, the one thing I think we both agreed on. Stop looking at your watch. I haven't talked that long yet. No, it dinged. <laughs> I was seeing if it was something I actually had to pay attention to. Yeah, not this. It's something important. Oh, my word. Okay, I'm just, because you're now off on some weird tangent, something I found entertaining was the bet Fury made with Captain America (laughs) um, on whether or not uh, he could be surprised by something in the uh, current state of affairs. And uh, he gets on board the vessel, if you will, and just takes out his wallet and hands him 10 bucks, right? (laughs) Uh, You know, he hadn't been on there five minutes. What's what's awesome is they do that stuff all throughout the movie, and they keep doing it, where they'll they'll set something up, and they pay it off, but they don't feel the need to say, hey, here's that 10 bucks I owed you. This surprised me. It's just... Happens, we move on. It's wonderful. 
think Chris liked that. And I'm not sure what <laughs> just happened down like there, the but. And you what? You mean you can actually see things? Yeah. So, like, those dark places are get a little dark, but I get what they're going for. You know, dark versus light, good versus evil, bad, good, yeah. heroes, villains. Whatever. I don't even know who the bad guys uh, Loki was talking to, because you couldn't see anything. You could barely make out shapes. It's just a creepy voice that's obvious the bad guy, because he's creepy well, voice. Interesting thing. Uh, the person that actually talks, he's referred to as the other, and he's a servant of the guy we saw on the mid-credits scene, who you'll get introduced to in the next movie, so I'm not going to spoil that. But the other is kind of, yes, I'm gesturing, because I talk with my hands, just like you do. I know. And you're making fun of me to my guest that I brought, <laughs> and she knows that I do it. You both know it. And I'm going to have to type that. That's oh. how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other is... Um, He's just weird looking in the movie. We wouldn't got, know because couldn't see him. He, got, he had six fingers. You saw that. I didn't see I didn't. I didn't oh, yeah. He had his I hand out like this and there was an extra thumb over here. Yeah, I didn't catch anything. He's kind that. of like weird and spongy. He looked like the Chitari only. like. What's a Chitari? The bad army. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I, I smile and nod a lot. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I got that game down. Oh, you this okay? I want you to remember this was your idea. You were so excited about it happening, and I now know. you're whining like a big ass baby. Then they're done that. It's what they're expecting at this point. I just got a plate of the crowd. Okay, the crowd of the... my family. <laughs> oh no, my <laughs> oh, ten year old. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry he's nine. My nine year old listened to it today. So cute. I hadn't even turned my mic on. <laughs> I'm a you mess. It's okay. I, I'll pick it up from these. I can I can tweak it as we go. <laughs> oh man, I am just. Can you get your poop and can you scoot it all together in one little pile and group it? No, no. Group your poop. My poop is all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 other um, found well, the, his boss found Loki and kind of set him up. So like it was a lot of exposition he was giving. But it still serves a purpose in the greater picture. It is kind of, it feels weird because everything else is so interconnected at this point in this movie. And the, the opening where we kind of see each person, it moves very naturally. Either like a person connects us or something they just said connects us to each scene as we move through. You know, oh, should have left it in the ocean, Cap says, as we go to Tony Stark in the water. Yeah, so like... It's so good and so well put together, and it's it's a amazing picture that each piece works by itself, and then you put it all together and it fits together like a puzzle. I think. You're just <laughs> waiting. I figure there's more excitement about to. I mean, I, I I consciously stop so that you can talk as well. So if you have something to add, go ahead. I don't or think I can to add. top. Top your excitement level, and I'm not sure I want to inspire any more of it, really. Okay, um, well, then we'll, we'll move on to something else. Um, I wanted to ask you 
Because at the end of Thor, the end credit scene, we saw Fury talking to Selvig and leading him to where the Tesseract was. Who's Selvig? The white guy. Oh, the white guy. Did all the scientist (laughs) stuff. The scientist guy. Oh, the one that then Loki did bad things to? That one? Yes. Okay. So at the end of Thor, we see him... We see Selvig get told about the Tesseract. Right. And then we see that reflection of Loki being like, well, that's interesting. And Selvig says the same thing. Right. It was like he took control of something. It was awful. I didn't like it. It was. But we know from Avengers now that he wasn't on Earth at that point. Because Loki shows up after they already have the Tesseract and are working on it. And so I started thinking about that the last couple days. And I went, I was like, I wonder if someone's, like, if there's an official answer or if someone's put together something. And, and it turns out someone had put together a, a little theory. And the idea is that Selvig was just... So being, you were searching geek sites, is what you're saying? I mean, I was. it was very basic Google searching. Okay. I didn't work, look very hard. Because I was just going to make up my own stuff if I didn't find something easily. Because <laughs> I'm lazy. And a nerd. <laughs> they kind of balance. Everybody, you're geeking right now. So it was kind of cool. They're just staring at him while he geeks out. So it was kind of cool because the theory was uh, Loki had been wherever he got shunted off to when he fell into the space place. The space place. I like that space place. I figured you'd like that. And um, so he was actually just influencing Selvig, but he hadn't controlled him yet. So then he uses whatever power he's been given through the scepter, teleports in through the stone, and then he can take full control. Which is stabbing people in the heart. Yeah, he he slides that scepter into them and they change. But it's interesting because, you know, in in mind control cases, either they're slavish or they they kind of get dumb. But none of that happens in this No, they it was almost it was more that they they just kind of their perspective changed. They just kind of aligned to what Loki was thinking. Yeah, it was kind of weird, but I must say I did like it when he tried to do that to Tony and it didn't work out for him. Yes. Uh, apparently in uh, early drafts of the script, because I've, I've watched the commentary for this a few times, and they, <gasps> I know, big shocker, but apparently one of the early scripts actually had him take control of Stark and they fought him and had to get him back while they're trying to do all those other stuff. Like, it just created too much chaos. We'd already had their conflict moment. Right. And so then they, they're like, well, he's got something there. Why don't we just... That that stops it. And it makes sense. He's got hardware right where they've yeah. been slipping it to other people. <laughs> where do you find the time to watch all this and read all this? Oh, wait. Go ahead. the answer to that. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. Say it. No. Is she implying it's when you don't have a life? There you go. That is exactly what she was implying. I thought so. Because, mm, gee, that's what I was thinking, It too. was very subtly done, too. I barely could tell that's what she was hinting at. It's <laughs> very, yeah. I, I imagine she's very good at subtlety. Oh. Very good. <laughs> oh, subtlety, thy name is Triana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> so, I, uh... The, the the mind control thing was cool, and it pays off later in the next Avengers movie, actually. Which we're not supposed to talk about. 
I'm saying it pays off in the next movie, next Avengers movie. We got time. I'm not telling you how. We'll see if he gets it. But I do want to talk about the the Tesseract, the Blue Stone. All right, let's talk about it. Because it's... we've kind of been, we're, we're going to get a big explanation of what's going on with, with some of the stones next. But because of what was happening here, I feel like I can tell you some of the things. The, the Blue Tesseract is what's called the Space Stone, which is, you might imagine why it allows people to teleport and transport between different spaces. So that kind of stuff makes sense. And you can kind of, you originally had said you thought it was just power. And that's how they were using it. But because it's not just power, it creates these other interferences. That's why they kept getting this doorway idea. But, I mean, it is moving things, so it is creating energy that can be harnessed. So it, it all kind of lines up, but it is a very specific type of thing. Well, Drew, thanks for explaining that. Well, that was really fun, everyone. I'm going to have to edit so much on this, aren't I? <laughs> well, it's a happy little truth. Yeah. yeah, that's how I'm feeling, too. Fine. Well, why don't you guys contribute something, then? Because you're too happy and excited and talking about weird crap that nobody cares about. Okay, let's talk about something different. Let's talk about your favorite part of the movie. Your favorite scene of the movie. Let's talk about that. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, that that was a fun part. It was. I mean, you, you've got the whole moment. Oh, let's lead up to it, though, because you pointed out when the Hulk first shows up, uh, you're like, he doesn't have control. Yeah, because at the end of Hulk, mm -hmm. which we watched two movies ago, right? Yes. He, um, it appears that wherever he had run away to, mm -hmm. that he was trying to figure out how to control it rather than just stop it. Right. Um, so the first time he becomes the Hulk, I commented that he clearly had not mm -hmm. figured out how to control himself during an episode, if you would. Yes. Right. But then this is one of it, that was one of my favorite moments in the movie when he um, said to uh, whoever he was talking to, I don't know, uh, Stark maybe, that he's always, always angry. That's and my he, secret. I'm always angry. I'm always yeah, angry. And he, it's like he just turns around and turns it on. Mm -hmm. And so, so it brings up an interesting thing. He doesn't have control, but he's able to, as he said in the Hulk movie, he's able to aim it. He's kind of figured that out. And so what happens in, in the, the helicarrier is he gets hurt, and it triggers that self-defense. Just like when he says in the movie, I got low, put a bullet in my mouth, the other guy spit it out. It's a defense mechanism as much as anything that's also triggered by his emotion. So he was just in a very tense situation, then things blew up, and so literally his, his control Literally slid. blow up. And and if if you notice, the things that hurt him are the things he always goes after. So as soon as like you know he's hurt, uh, the ship blew up around him. So then he's tearing the ship apart. And Nat had just been sitting there yelling at like I, I swear, and he's like your life, and he flip, you know he's flipping out, and he goes after her because she's now the focus of all that. She brought him there, right. and then he doesn't get off that train until Thor pops him one. And then all of a sudden it's like I've got to take Thor out. 
then he gets hit by the guns from the ship. Gotta take the ship out. And then he hits the ground. So, like, he's always kind of moving towards what's hurting him. Yeah. He, but towards the end of the movie, he definitely seems to have a lot more finesse in his control I feel over... like the way he changes is what, or the, the impetus for his change, kind of. Impetus? Yeah, impetus. Big words, everyone. Grab a dictionary. I feel like whatever causes the change is kind of helps determine, uh, yeah, the mood or how he's reacting because he, when he changed instinctively as a protective thing, it's it's very much a beast, very much very uh, animalistic and just reacting on instinct. But when he did it on his own, he was he had a very clear goal in mind. Well, and choosing to protect others was why he changed. So yep. it, and then him saving Tony from falling completely. Yep. But I got to tell you, when he and Thor finished yeah. <laughs> that one off, and they're both standing there like they're just proud of their their accomplishment, mm-hmm. and he just turns and just <laughs> boom, doesn't even look at him. Doesn't even look at him. Just knocks him out. It mirrors a moment from when Thor met Iron Man. Because Thor just, they were standing next to him and Thor just knocked him to the side. And I was like, oh, I I don't think I'd ever caught that mirroring before. I always just thought, you know, Hulk punching him was great. But I never caught that Thor had done that earlier. Hulk wouldn't know that, but it's just a cinematic mirror then. So your favorite part was? Yes, so my favorite part, he, he, (laughs) thanks for keeping me on track. (laughs) <laughs> so he uh he says his his line you know that's my secret i'm always angry and the best change i've ever seen it's just gorgeous and he's told to smash gorgeous yeah it's gorgeous oh come on come on but he's told to smash and he grins and he jumps up he slams one into the wall he and from there, he's got a grip on the wall. He swings his body on a, like a hinge on his hand and backhands the other one and then grabs from there and swings the other way. It's just this quick one, two, three, and he just kind of rolls along the wall. And it's just, it's amazing because it's the first time in this movie we've seen the Hulk just go all out on the good side. We've always, He was kind of, even in the ship, he was in darkness most of the time. Yes. It was shadowed. It was it, it was a lot like the first, the Hulk movie we watched where he was menacing in darkness and only things would explode and kind of light him in highlights. But yeah, that was that was definitely my favorite. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I also must say I liked it when he screamed and woke Tony up. That was pretty <laughs> pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted him to just beat on his chest, you know. <laughs> I mean, the problem is he, Tony was wearing metal, so if he hit him hard enough to to bend the metal probably would have forced his it would have forced metal into tony more than he already has and i don't think he could take much more no probably not <laughs> didn't even hate tony this movie yeah i mean he, he he's he was he's still, growing up oh he was still he was still very much the tony stark they've introduced us to but he's growing and adapting yes he definitely still has that bitey wit which mm-hmm. I enjoy. It is. It's great. As long as he is not a total self-centered jackass, yeah, then it's it's entertaining. 
and he has he has those moments still because he's still Tony Stark, but he is getting better, and you can tell his relationship with Pepper is having an effect on that. And yeah, they're so cute. Trying. Oh yeah, that was that that's that's great. Pepper owned him. And I that. interesting, I like she she's kind of very much against him being Iron Man in the first two movies, but, but here embraces it fully. Here she's just like you've got homework to do. And I don't know, I can't tell if it's that she accepts it in this movie, or if she's just like, this is what you're going to do, I'm going to get out of the way. So it could go either way. No, it was definitely the second one. I don't think, no, (laughs) no. It'll be interesting, Iron Man 3 is not next, but the one after that, so that that actually explores some of that dynamic a little more. So it'll be interesting. Another one. Although I liked two better than one, so maybe three will even be better. We'll People see. generally hate three. Oh, good! Something to look forward to. But I am of the opinion it's not as bad as people say, and I have a lot to you talk about like there. You like the Hulk too? And uh, the Hulk was amazing, and I don't care see. what you say, you were wrong. Yeah, whatever. I agree. <laughs> I love Hulk. Another thing that was interesting, as I was reading about the. Uh, the controlling Selvig thing, how he was controlling him from far away and then got closer. Um, and I'd never, I'd never thought of it, but it makes total sense. But that scepter, you know, when it's, when the Avengers are, are around it, it kind of brings out the worst in all of them. Mm-hmm. Loki was holding it all that time and he was very much more manic than in the first movie. I'd always played it up as more uh, a reaction to all the crap he went through falling for however long, having to kind of put himself back together. But, like, the narrative choices he's making, you know, he's saying, you know, I was a king, you know, I was the rightful king, and you threw me into the abyss. Like, they're all slightly off, just like when the Avengers are flipping out. And so, as I was reading that, they're like, the scepter is clearly affecting him as well. And that makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know if you would agree. Or you? It doesn't. Yeah, either. The one scene where they were, where the Avengers um, were all getting into each other, and um, Doc ends up with the scepter in his hand. Mm-hmm. But you could see it glowing at that point in time, and so it did seem in that moment mm-hmm. like that was giving off an energy that was adding to their chaos. Such a negative, oh, negative yeah. vibe. Right. And <sighs> Loki. It's like all of that so intentional. Oh yeah. To bring it there, it's it's the it's the um pulling force for his people. It's got the yeah, whatever. A locator and my brain's not coming up with the word I'm looking for, but I mean, I'm not sure. You know, that's how everybody that, his like, people found him. It's yeah. It, yes. That's oh, okay. like yeah, yeah. it was it's like that was the calling card or whatever, and is the bat signal. Yeah, I yeah I can't come up with the word I'm looking for, but it was almost like a homing device. You know, right. here it is there, and right. it's calling his his yeah. people that he's yeah. What she said. 
apparently the thing, because I can't. Apparently, because I can't. <laughs> words are reading the hand sign. Words are hard. Good thing I talk with my hands too. Um, you didn't like Natasha Romanoff in Iron Man Two. You no, I like her much better now. Okay, because because that's I mean, she wasn't really different. She still displayed the same uh, competence and uh, yeah. tactics. Yes, her and I hated her fighting scene. Yeah, you hated it. I hated it. It seemed so put on in Iron Man Two. Yes, in this movie, it. I mean, when she fought her way out of the Russian interrogation she was uh, holding, um, <laughs> <laughs> it did not look as fake to me. Okay. It it was good. I enjoy. I'm like, oh well, hey, go girl, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. As opposed to when she was fighting her way into the thing in Iron Man Two or whatever mm-hmm. she was. I don't even remember because. I didn't like her at all, and I thought that was awful. But it was, uh, yeah. I mean, I was into this one, whereas yeah. it'd be interesting for me to watch that again, actually, now, to see if I had a different opinion. Maybe not just yet, but... Right. Oh, no. No. No, we've got so many other things to watch, still. But, uh, yeah, I hated her m- much less. In fact, I didn't even hate her this time. I did not have an immediate negative reaction that I had to her before. I did not, I don't think I liked her character Mm. in the other, in Iron Man 2 at all. This time, I got kind of vibed with her, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, more so, because I didn't, but the Iron Man movies were harder for me to really... They, they definitely were. Feel the characters and, and care. And care. that's, you know me, I gotta, I gotta at least care. And if mm. I don't care. Oh, yeah. I don't like it. And and they took, what they what I liked is they took what they showed us in Iron Man 2, which is she can blend in. She can kind of get under people and really understand them and fit in with what they're expecting. And then when she's ready, she snaps out of it and does what she needs to do. And that's what she does. Like, She's getting all. She she looks scared. She looks like she's the damsel, but she did really good with Loki. Oh yeah, because yeah. I'm like, what is she doing? Oh, what yeah. is going on? Having never seen it before, I'm thinking, oh, I I should have stayed hating you, and I didn't have to because nope. it was all fake. She and it's good, and it's telling because she turns around when she breaks down, quote unquote. I just realized I had to say that as I did the motion. Yes. <laughs> but she, she... Air quotes, everyone! She she has her quote-unquote breakdown and turns around because she's not actually breaking down, but she can sound like it. But, and it sure... Movie-wise, sure looked like it oh, because yeah. you thought... Right. And even the turnaround adds to it because... When someone's getting to you, mm-hmm. you want to you want to put a distance or a wall. You don't want to face them, so no. you you turn away, and that's your backside. Your backside is is your protection. And as a woman, yeah. you don't want to cry in front of some jackass that just hurt your feelings, right? Yeah. As a woman, I too would understand that. I knew you would. <laughs> but it's he's it's, in touch with his feminine side. Everyone, it's very cool because it's a very typical. Oh. Villain moment, 
It's a very cool, typical villain moment where he's he's playing with her and he's manipulating her, and she's like, "Oh, you're going for the Hulk? Cool. <laughs> Thank you for your cooperation." <laughs> yes, it was. He was so like cat and mouse game with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and if we fast forward to when uh, she's got, she has just saved uh, Barton Hawkeye. Um, she she has this like moment where she's like, I don't know, what we got we got to do something. Anyone who's left, we got to get down there. And then the cat and Captain America comes in. He's like, we're going. And she's like, she she immediately like works really well with him. Which another thing that they've layered in here that pays off when we get to the next Captain America movie. Oh, they are my favorite pairing. Not like romantically, just like the way they play off each other. Because it, it plays so well and it's not it'd be so easy for them to go one direction and they don't. They just keep moving in a good direction, I think, with that. Interesting. And it's also cool that she was I mean, we, we see her in so much control throughout almost the entire movie, but until Thor saves her from the Hulk, uh she she thought she was gone. Mm-hmm. She she's shaking. She she we when we cut back to her before she goes after Barton, she's in a corner, like yeah. huddled yes. up, and yes. she barely can get herself together, which is awesome because she's been so controlled. So we know she's not fully put together like she's saying, but for the right cause. This is what where they build her character for more than a an assassin, more than just a a gun for shield. She's not just there for that. She's there because someone took a chance on her, Barton took that moment and gave her an opportunity to turn around. I like she, it when she tells Barton that she fixed him by beating him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> I initiated a cognitive reset. <laughs> Hit you on the head. Really hard. Me too. I wonder if that's... Is that legal? No, and uh, for, for the record, I am cutting that out so we don't get in trouble. Yeah, please don't get us arrested. <laughs> We'll be on lists very soon. Oh, and then there'll be proof when we do it. That'd be bad. Hey, I told you there's some things I don't put in black and white. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait till the recording's off for that. No. Can we put the mic- microphone. Don't say microwave. You put the microwaves in the microphone. I'm done. Put the microphone. Microwave. Put the microwaves I away. Even say it wrong on purpose. You can put these devices in the trunk before I say anything about that. Because he probably still have them bugs. Of all the people... I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say it in his car. I'm just uh, saying. I already did. Oops. He asked the FBI guys if they got it, okay? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I wanted to make sure they knew I wasn't involved. Wasn't me. <laughs> but, um... I gotta stop saying, um, I hate cutting that out. I know what it looks like in my editor now. Because I say it so often. Barton, Hawkeye. It was over my head. Because I don't have to do that part. I hate when April and I were doing the Habitat for Humanity recordings. Mm-hmm. I realized the first one how many times I said the word um. And to this day, that was like 12 years ago. To this day, if I hear myself say it, I'm like, oh, stop doing that. <laughs> and sometimes I can't cut it out because I go, um, so I went. I, I bleed into it, yeah. and that sucks because I really want to cut it out. You're going to be cutting out a lot of stuff here. I know. Eh, whatever. But, Barton, 
is the only one who got kind of he got he got kind of short billed in this movie because he got mind controlled. So like he is a member of the Avengers, but we didn't get a whole lot of him as a member of the Avengers. Yeah, because I kept wondering if he was gonna is he really a good guy? Is he a bad guy now? I kept I mean, and even here up towards the end of the movie, I'm waiting and watching to mm. see if he's going to, if a switch is going to flip again. Okay. Because, well, come on. We watched a movie, whatever movie that was, because I don't remember which one switch, where all of a sudden the people you thought were the good guys on her side mm-hmm. were really the bad guys and you wanted to, you know, knock his butt out. And so I kept. I kept waiting for that to happen. Mm-hmm. I I've I've never really liked Hawkeye, just because the idea of someone who uses a bow and arrow, it's just weird to me. Like I get maybe you says the grown man who rides a tricycle. Yes, but that is a bike, and everyone uses things like that. Whereas most people don't just walk around and use a bow and arrow. Most people also don't carry a giant hammer or a shield or turn into a big green monster. The the problem with that comparison is he's a quote-unquote normal person. Well, generally you don't go around shooting people either. In general. But if you're a secret clandestine organization, you do. Which, Which is why the Black Widow is okay for me because... She uses guns. She uses standard takedown stuff. Hawkeye uses a bow and arrow. I like what they did with it. I like how they kind of modernized it. And, like, they gave him just a bunch of blank shafts and a lot of different uh, types of heads to use. So that was really cool how it was all built in there. But it's still a bow and arrow. Like, yeah, but again, Captain America has a shield. But nobody He's a super soldier. He can do that kind of stuff because he is more than human. When you're more than human, you can do crazy things, and it's okay. If you're just a normal person doing a regular job for all intents and purposes... Okay, but Tony Stark is a regular person, and he gets in an iron suit. Right. Nobody has an iron suit. So again, I, I think your your complaint is not valid. It's not a complaint. I'm just saying I don't like it, and it's always bothered me because he... He basically works for a, like a secret service organization, a CIA, CIA of sorts, and he uses a bow and arrow. And no CIA operative would ever be able to do that because you have to be sneaky, and you can't do that. Oh, because everyone Iron Man sneaky. But he doesn't work for Clan. Bow and arrow not being sneaky. I mean, how does that it's, make him big and cumbersome? It's massive. Like when I saw him fighting uh, Black Widow, she was. Two feet away, and he was shooting arrows. I'm like, nobody shoots arrows that close. It's it's just it's just something that I've never liked. I feel like they did a good job with him. It's just the bow and arrow thing. It's a superhero movie, and he's complaining about a bow and arrow. I am not complaining. I'm just saying I have never liked him as a character in general. I thought they did a good job with him. He doesn't like you either. Let's move on. But you complained about the arrows not running out. But they yeah, very odd. They they did go down over time. Every time we cut to him, it was slightly less arrows. And he did end up running out. But it yeah. seemed like it 
there for a while. It seemed like he had an unending supply. It seemed like he kept reaching and reaching, and then you they cut to him in a way that you could see, and it looks full. And it, but of course, I don't know how many shots she shot out of her two handguns before you actually pointed out that she switched clips. But um, where's she carrying all those clips? Well, don't ask because he might have an answer that. Oh, <laughs> actually, I think she does actually have thigh holsters. I I noticed that. Yeah, that she had a holster on her thigh at one point. But still, my point is that it's unrealistic to think that they went through as much ammo as it appeared they went through and that they were carrying enough. Either one of them. Right. I will say, I, I get what you're saying, and I have that complaint about a lot of movies, especially the gun one, because so often you'll see someone with a, you know, 10-round pistol, and they will never stop shooting, and you'll never see him reload, and it's ridiculous. We see him grab a used arrow at least twice and stick it back in, or pull it and Shoot it up, shoot it again. Yes, I, I, I don't disagree with and that. And we see Natasha grab other weaponry and use that. So, but she sure didn't mixing... pick up her used bullets and put them back in her gun. No, but but they are mixing up their weapons, which is it would cool. be amazing, wouldn't it? There actually is a book I read where the guy's oh. only ability was he could always refill a weapon he was holding. So he just you give him a gun and he could always shoot from it. That was his power. Oh, thanks for sharing. You're welcome. This has been Nerd Moment with Chris. Steve Rogers, like, his character portrayal is very interesting to me, especially when we get into Winter Soldier. But here we see kind of the groundwork of it, because he, for all intents and purposes, died, and then came back 70 years later. Yeah, he was basically frozen. And, and he did it at the peak of war. So he was primed for battle. He comes back... And he even says it, you know, we were told we won. and But he's clearly struggling to readapt. He doesn't know where his place is. And so when Fury calls him in, he's happy to, like, be part of a command system again. So he balks at first at uh, Banner and Stark. Just did it, and I'm hearing it now. He balks at Banner and Stark when they're saying things like, uh, we're digging into this. And, you know, don't doesn't this feel weird to you? I, I have questions about these kind of things. And he's just like, he doesn't want to buy it. But the the, the fight, he, he says, find the cube. And he steps out. And it's very clearly a moment right there where he could go one way and just say, I'm going along with this. I'm following command. But he takes a moment and he's like, no, it does bother me. I have to figure this out. And then he goes off and he breaks into stuff and he finds out before anyone else about the the, mass, the weapon of mass destruction, which is cool because because for him before it was black or white. Yeah. This is what you were told to do. You follow orders. Period. Yeah, and it was right. very yeah, easy to find background. because he was up against Hitler. Like it's very clear who the bad guy is. Right. You come into you know that day and age, twenty twelve, and all you know, all of a sudden the lines are very blurry. And he struggles with blurry lines. He wants to know what is right, what is wrong. And he's not used to having to figure that out. He's used to being told. Yeah, or or are clearly, oh, look, redhead guy. 
That's the guy I hurt. <laughs> guy trying to kill everyone. I hurt him. Very easy. <laughs> oh, look, this guy is, uh, he's, he's on my side, but he also is ready to blow up the city, but he's also manipulating us into doing, I don't know what's right. <laughs> and I like that. It was a lot of fun. It is interesting to watch him evolve because you know he's coming from mm -hmm. a totally different time and place in in America mm -hmm. and all of the advancement of everything has to be dumbfounding because this is not I mean you know this is not where we're used to yeah. you know he didn't even have a, a VCR and that's old news to us now right. or a cassette player and uh -huh. that's old news or heck yeah. probably no 8 tracks even <laughs> music was AM radio yeah and he, he, we have been here for a you know for our different lifespans have been here for a progression of things it's not just mm -hmm. just overnight all of a sudden there's a 70 year technology difference yeah it has got it i cannot imagine even missing 5 years oh yeah because so many things happen and he said, he's like uh, Stephen Hawking. And yeah, he's exactly. like, that looks at him like, huh? Mm -hmm. And and they even, I mean, Trey and I actually talked about this on the way up about, you know, one of a common fantasy that people have is if I could go back and start over with my knowledge now. And I told Trey and I'm like, I wouldn't know what to do with my life because I have evolved with the times. And, like, if I want to know something, I just look it up on my phone now. Absolutely. If I want to listen to music, I have it on my phone. If I want to do anything, I have easy and direct and ready access to it at all times. And I remember a time when I didn't have that, but I don't know how I would do it now with this uh, mindset. It's amazing to me that the difference in – because my son – has always had mm -hmm. this. And I'm thinking, yeah, when I was in fourth grade and had to do a book report or a, a report on something, I had to go to the library, find an encyclopedia, yep. <laughs> and look it up, or run through the card, real card catalog. <laughs> um, yes, and find... It in there. Hope somebody didn't mix up the cards, and then go find that book. Now, even if they're going to the library to find the book, they pull it up on a computer. Yep. I. It's unbelievable. And we're we're on the edge of uh, we're on the edge of basically the the Starks kind of HUD technology art art not artificial augmented reality type things where you have the regular world but you wear you know pair of glasses and you get an overlay so you look at a store and you you get a quick readout okay this place serves these kind of foods or this place has this kind of thing going on if you're an architect you you, you wear them out there and it's measuring distances for you or you put on a special pair of gloves and you can kind of do that stuff we're, we're so close to that kind of technology that it's it's mind-blowing to think that when I was a kid, Encyclopedia Britannica on CD-ROM was 
cutting edge technology. Yeah, I didn't even have the CD-ROMs. <laughs> my 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 parents had their old set of encyclopedias that I would try to use for things. And it had bad information. I used encyclopedias with bad information. <laughs> so it's it's just it's very cool to con- contrast that with, you know, what we see from these things and to like play that against someone like Captain America who is literally a man out of time. Mm-hmm. He lost his life and he's living something else. He doesn't know what to go do with it. And now he does. Well, does he? We'll see. No. We'll see. I mean, he 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 did something Not great. Not until the next movie. We, he did something awesome and perhaps that opens a door for him, perhaps it doesn't, perhaps it just leaves him more confused. We shall see. We shall see. I mean, I know what happens. I've seen the next I've seen that movie. It's wonderful. I've, oh. I've not seen that movie. Like wonderful. No, no, no. Oh, he's the first Avengers I, is great. I, I have to say, he's not usually this excited. I'm not from a movie. I don't usually get this level of exuberance. I personally have not had enough caffeine to tolerate <laughs> this nonsense. And uh, there either needs to be caffeine or alcohol if he's going to continue to act this way. Or maybe both. Caffeinated alcohol. So a couple interesting ticks I I picked up as I was watching. Don't say them. You can do it. We believe in you. Some interesting ticks I noticed just from the different characters. Stark gets jealous when... Pepper calls Agent Coulson Phil. Phil, yes, I thought that also. Very simple, very, very small. When Coulson is talking to Rogers and says he updated the the up the outfit, outfit. and he goes, "Isn't it isn't it a bit old fashioned?" He there's that pause, and he looks kind of like confused. Going back to that man out of time thing, he's like, "Isn't that a bit old fashioned?" Because I mean, 2012, it's not really a time. When people are, are like, yeah, yeah, America, America. I mean, now it would be perfectly normal to see someone walking around in an outfit like that. Because, you know, weirdos. But, and, and I don't mean like cosplayers. I mean just random ass people doing it because they think it's a good fashion. But he he's saying, like, this super patriotism stuff is kind of not what's in style. But Colson's right there. He's like, no, nah, I think we need a bit of that. We... We've lost something. We need a bit of that. And then Banner, you know, he gets on the helicarrier. Every time the soldiers are around, he's kind of flinching and moving away. And it's it's a neat little tick. But as soon as he starts talking about science stuff, all of a sudden he kind of like unfurls. He's hunched over the whole time. And then all of a sudden he starts talking about science stuff and he kind of stands up straighter. He gets more animated. And it's 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 just real cool how he changes it even as a normal person comes out of a shell because he's two different people he's he's the i'm afraid of hurting people these people are could at any point try and subdue me and i would wreck them and nobody would survive and then all of a sudden he loses all that because he can lose himself into the thing he loved which is science another thing that was interesting was uh a lot of reflections where you could see a lot of reflections, especially around Banner. So, like when you when he's first talking to Natasha, you can see her reflection on the window when he's talking, 
And when he's talking to Stark, Stark clears that window. And you can see Stark's reflection next to Banner as he's talking. Because the camera flips around to look at him through there. And you see Stark's kind of reflection face. And you see Banner just right there. So you get a lot of that duality play, which is a very big thing for Banner anyway. And you pointed out during the movie, he's still very much talking about it as two different people. Mm -hmm. The other guy. Yep. And so that's, that's... Keep holding on to that. He's still very much... It's me and the Hulk. It's two people, is what he refers to it as. Stark, though, Stark was like, maybe it's not. Maybe it's something you can control. But Stark wanted to relate it to his thing. And I think, you know, I gotta say... You need to be a little more specific. They can't see you pointing at your chest when you say his thing. I just want to point that out. His arc reactor. Thank you. Do you know what that is? It's the thing in his chest. Okay, I wanted to make sure. (laughs) You know, I'm going to throw something at you, except I don't have anything good to throw at you. (laughs) I already threw gummy bears at him tonight. But I I agree with Banner there. There is a difference between the arc reactor in his chest and the the imminent Hulk-dis of Banner. Because, I mean, they are kind of... It, one is, is, is really just a force of nature. It's it's barely containable, and it just kind of comes out. I think I'd like to talk about my dick moment of the movie. Okay, Because yeah, I'm bored moment. with whatever Chris is scrambling on about over there, and um, I'm just over it. So, the award for dick moment probably will have to go to Loki, but I haven't really decided which moment. Because it may have to go to somebody else. Because there were lots of people being dicks in this movie. I think I I feel like you you really felt Loki was the dick because he kept doing things. He it's I think he just encompassed the whole movie. You know, turning people against their normal thought processes is a pretty big dick move. Mm-hmm. Just saying. You know, if you poke somebody with your scepter and now they just kind of bow to your will, it's a pretty big dick move. So, the brainwashing is your dick moment. Yes, the brainwashing is the dick moment. There we go. Chris, what would your dick moment be for this movie? Who gets the dick award? I I feel like the the moment... When Thor has him locked down and is like, you gotta stop this. You gotta end this. We we can go home. And he's, he's still earnest and trying to give him a chance. He just wants his brother back because he loves him and he wants, you know, wants to bring him home. But he also knows he needs to stop him. Does he know his brother for real? Because I knew his brother was a dick the moment he came on screen in the last movie. I love it, though, when he tries to defend him, when the <laughs> Avengers are talking crap about him, and yep. he was like, hey, now, that's my brother. He killed 80,000 people. He's adopted. <laughs> <laughs> He's adopted. <laughs> but the, the moment that, like, there's that beat of, oh, maybe he's going to actually do it, and then he just stabs him and jumps off the roof. And that biggest dick move of the movie for me. Because, like, he just, he, he 
Thor just wants to bring his brother home. He he really just wants to be a family now that he is kind of backed away from the whole war thing and trying to be a better person. He wants the same for his brother. But Loki is, is too far down the rabbit hole right now. Maybe forever. We'll, we'll see. I don't like him. I like him as a character. I don't like him. Like, I don't root for him. But I enjoy him as a character because... He's a good villain. Very well done. And they didn't kill him. <laughs> Every other villain's died at the end of the movies. Fair enough. They keep him around, which is great. And they should do it more often. All right. Have you had enough time yet? I don't know about that. Or would you slip your dick moment too? <laughs> it's plenty long enough. <laughs> this is what I'm told. By who? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Would you like me to get the list? <laughs> hey, that's what I was going to say. It just has to be Loki because he's the dick in the movie. Mm. So his moment, I think his moment is going to be with Hulk when he's like trying to overpower him with his voice and his Mm. commands. And he's just, I've had it with you people. You're going to listen to me because I'm a god and I can tell you what to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. No, you can't! Just had to overpower that moment. Yeah. Just with sheer brute assholeness. Like, I am this. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it, it, he, he tries to pit his will against the force of the Hulk. And, I mean. Didn't fails. work out. <laughs> Didn't work <laughs> out. It's just sentence, and Hulk is just like, pew, 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 back and forth like a ragdoll. Oh, that was pew, amazing. Yeah. That was amazing. He better be glad he was a god or he wouldn't have a bone left in his body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hulk said, here's what I'm going to do with your dick move. Ragdoll. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. I remember my bit, the nerd physics. Oh, here we go. I, I was looking for dun, something. Dun, dun, dun. So our nerd physics moment today. A lot of things I thought were done very well. Uh, even Captain America's shield, it, it stayed consistent. He didn't catch it from straight up all the time. You even pointed out uh, when he and Thor were... Oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and and it came back to both of them, and he threw it off. He In that first moment you see him use it, he throws it, and it hits Thor, Iron Man, and comes back straight to him, not straight up and down, which, like, they did a good job on a lot of that physics. But when Black Widow... Jumps up and grabs the flying speeder thingy, the whatever. I got to give that to my. That's that's got to be my my nerd physics moment because that was just ridiculous. She would have at least dislocated her shoulder. Oh, and she didn't have any problem climbing up there and beating the crap out of some weird alien dudes. Once she got up there, I have no problem with what happened because she was clearly fighting the air. And but her was... shoulder should have been broken. Oh yeah, because that thing moved so fast. There's Zing. no way. Because she's just a normal normal person. She's not super in any way. She's just highly, highly trained. So, no, there's no way that would have worked. 
I like what she did, but it breaks the physics that they've established that, of her being a normal person. So that was nerd physics moment. The DD has now died. Probably not. Yes, but we do have our other two bits. Yep. Yep. Okay. My superhero moment of this movie comes when I don't know, I have to think about it. Oh, it was just cool. It's when the 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 hammer and the the shield came back at the same time mm-hmm. and it was just it was beautiful. It was they did a very nice job with the CGI there. Um, it was beautiful. They very superhero-y. And then my non-super moment. Super normal moment. I'm sorry. Super normal moment because God forbid I say it incorrectly. I'm just trying to keep it consistent oh, for the brand. Oh, okay. Keep it consistent for the brand. I'm branding everyone. I'm branding. You oh, I'm sorry. Ride. Oh, man. My super dick moment once again. <laughs> I'm going to go back to that. Loki was great. He was my favorite Chris <laughs> dick moment. Sponsor edit. <laughs> okay, the super normal moment for me, I got to say, was when Hulk punched out yeah. Thor just because he needed it. Just standing there. Just, we're done. We've, we've, uh, we've uh, defeated this big weird fish thing. We're standing here. We're the heroes. Wham! You're out. It's also continuity from earlier because, I mean, they never finished their fight up there. Mm-hmm. And Thor got a lot of good hits on him. So all of a sudden they're, they're in a moment of uh, moment of calm and he's like, screw you. But that just made <laughs> yeah. me think of like, can you just see like brothers or something? Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to one-up me. What? Oh yeah, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, it was like the moment of truth. And... <laughs> You just had to say, no, I got it. If it was a Saturday morning cartoon or even like Power Rangers, that would have been the moment where they turned to each other and went, yeah, and high five. It was amazing. But it was it was totally better this way. My superhero moment, just while, while trying to think of hers, because I'm going to put her on the spot again. My superhero moment is just that that awesome moment where they've all split away, they come back, and the camera just rotating around them while they all regroup and get ready to assault again it's just it's so iconic of any kind of team up where they all get together and they're all working together and they're all coordinating and work playing off each other just like power rangers and then they break out and do their things which is just mm, awesome my super normal moment i'm gonna have to give to natasha uh, black widow because in the face of the hulk i think anyone would break and that is just very human to me so it was nice to see especially on her who had been so well put together as i've already talked about so i won't elaborate anymore but i am buying time because i want Trina to feel ready well i have another thought on a super normal moment while she thinks Mm -hmm. when banner comes in before he consciously becomes the hulk Mm -hmm. and apologizes to her oh yeah. You know? Because he owed her an apology for sure. Uh, I'm not sure that he owed her an apology. She had she was the reason he was in that situation. She him there. And she oh, did true. it under pretenses. Even at the time. I, I I did really like when he 
slammed on the table and said, stop lying to me! And she lost it for a second. Like, she didn't fully break down like she would later, but she's shaking, she has her gun out, and I'm like, if you know what you're up against, I, that is not even close to an overreaction at all. But it was it was great to me because, yeah, she she is being calm, but she's also ready. Yeah. So, Trina, what is your superhero moment? Your superhero moment is going to be Tony Stark when he realizes that the uh, atomic bomb is coming in mm-hmm. and he's got to get it out that gate mm-hmm. into the night air and let it explode in mm-hmm. another realm. He takes that mission on knowing he might not come back. And earlier in the movie, he had been insulted, saying that he'd never taken a mission that wasn't self-serving. He'd yeah. never put himself on the line, but he always took the safe road. Yeah, I think I think Roger said, you're not the kind of man to jump on the grenade to save everyone else. Right. And then he does and it. And he does exactly I that. that. That's awesome. He mm-hmm. does exactly that. He, he jumps on the missile. He grabs the missile. He redirects it. He takes it up in his face. They're waiting for him. When they get to the point where, like, we can't wait anymore, we have to shut up this gate because of the greater good, mm-hmm. and he falls through it right at the second that it that he has left to fall through it. There's yep. no more time. Right then, it works out just so perfect that he falls through that. Mm-hmm. Definitely a superhero moment. Cool. And what is your super normal moment? Super normal moment. I don't know if this is the exact scene that you were talking about earlier where they all come together. Was that when they were on top of the cars and trying to decide who does what? Uh, that was, incoming? I think that was the first moment, but then they all come back together and it does that. Okay. My super human moment will be right then when they're discussing, okay, this is what's happening. What's our game plan? How are we getting into this? And they were so competitive with each other earlier. So mm-hmm. bringing out each other's faults. I'm not listening to you. I'm not working with you. You're garbage. You're not good enough. And in that moment, it was, we have to work together. Captain, what's the plan? Mm-hmm. Stark, who's been the, the a-hole of the team. And the alpha, definitely. And the, alpha, and the tearing everybody down and the, the little jabs, says to Captain, Captain, you're, you're the captain. What's your plan? I'm your captain. <laughs> and Captain immediately just rattles things off. Mm-hmm. I want you here. I want you here. Hawkeye here. Tell us anything incoming. He uses their superpowers mm-hmm. and he just in that moment makes a game plan. Stark definitely knew what everyone was, but Captain understood their abilities and how to apply it. Right. And Stark was like, okay, I've hit my limit at this point. And he gave it over control. He's like, the guy who was raised in war right. understands fighting like this. So he needs to be the one that does this. Yeah. It, it was very good. I did have a couple uh, runners-up moments. The normal moment runner-up for me is just the two times Stark lands, walks, and his suit just gets pulled off of him. Because, I mean... That's cool as hell, isn't it? It's it's exactly what you would do if you had that much money to burn mm-hmm. and, and the technology to do it. Yeah, I don't want to take time to take yeah. this off. And as he just walks through, this piece comes off, this piece comes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is so stark. It is very stark. 
And it's very similar to Captain Marvel, where she had that helmet, which would come up and just perfectly put her hair up, and then it would come off and it would pop all back down. Because he comes out of a, in a suit, and his hair is all nice and coiffed, and his suit's all gorgeous. And, and yeah, it's just like, yep, I, I, would, I would spend the time in R&D to make sure I could do that, too. My uh, other runner-up moment is just is just Coulson because he is the only person who was in on everything from the beginning because we get to his final moments and he says, it's all right. We knew it would never work if they didn't have a push. So I feel like Fury and him had talked about this kind of stuff beforehand. And, you know, from Captain Marvel, we know they've been together a long time. time. So they are he is the trusted one. He is the one who can go and get that weapon that's never been used, never been tested. <laughs> it doesn't know what it does. <laughs> and it's just it's such a it's such a great moment because he's just really been a side character. He shows up here and there. He just he kind of has his background role. And then this movie, he's the thing that ties all of it together. Without him, they don't come together. And Fury manipulates the crap out of it. And and it's it's cool because that manipulation is actually what puts uh, Hill, Maria Hill, who was the girl who played Robin on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Brunette, that you were like, who is she? Uh, yeah. Okay. The one that walks and goes under the bed. That moment when he says, he tells her they needed the push, because she's like, uh, those cards were in his locker. Well, I want to say something about that, because... Fury might get a dick award, mm. moment award, for that. Mm. Bringing those cards up that weren't with him, covered in blood, and throwing them on the table. Pretty big dick move. But if you, if you look back from the beginning, he was angling for exactly this outcome. He knew where things were headed. Oh, absolutely. And he said they needed a push, but yep. dang, that was a morbid push. And he, he said in that first council meeting that we saw, he said, with the right push, they can be the team we need. So, like, first thing we hear from him, really, is they need a push. They need something to pull them together. And from then on, Coulson is kind of in the background with everyone. He's super nerdy with Captain America, which is just adorable. They're, like, they're near mint. Oh, yes, uh-huh. exactly. And he, he's clearly, he knows Barton and uh, Romanoff, and he kind of handles uh, Banner when he gets on the ship, kind of make, takes him to this place, all these things. And throughout all that, until Coulson's death and the team actually coming together, Maria Hill is kind of, she's questioning orders almost constantly. Yeah, right. He says, secure the phase two. Right. Or the mark two. Yeah, phase Whatever. two. Whatever, yeah, phase two. And, and she's like, really, is that important? He goes, just do it. And like she questions things, questions things, and then she questions the card. She's like, those were those were in his locker. He never carried them. And and all of a sudden he's like, he's he seems down for a second. He's like, they needed the push. And then the ship rockets off. And her face kind of like softens and she's like, This dude knows what he's about. And I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see her relationship with him going forward from here. But anyway, any last thoughts, Beth? Nope. Any last thoughts, Triana? Nope. Awesome. I'm sure Chris has lots of last thoughts. No. Oh, thank God. 
I just wanted to say thank you for joining us. It was a wonderful movie, and I am very much looking forward to our next movie. We're going to step into Phase 2, and instead of going to Iron Man 3, Beth and I have talked about this, we're going to slot in of Guardians of the Galaxy next, then go to Iron Man 3 and do them in chronological order, then slot in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 between Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron. Oh, heck, well, I don't even know these movies. She doesn't necessarily know what's going on. I, I don't know. I just I watch what I'm told. And Beth have talked about this, and that's like, I don't know. Oh, she doesn't know the words, but I have I have uh, told oh, her this. He's told me yeah. this, but I don't know the words. Yeah, she. He said all of this, but let's <laughs> let's let's be honest. Was he talking to you in the car on the way down here? Do you have any idea what he talked about? There you go. <laughs> See? She, she, there were some times I caught myself spacing out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I have to pay attention. He might ask me for a comment. Exactly. That didn't just require a smile and a nod. So see, that's where we are. I, I'm i sure he said all this, and I said, uh-huh. Just Be- for the record, but we do kind of like that. I know. It's I not know. all and, and for the record, I know when I get super nerdy, to not expect you guys is to be super engaged. Our eyes glaze over. It's it's okay. I, I say it and I get through it quickly because I know it's not your thing. And I appreciate Has you. Has anybody thought this was quickly yet? This is different. This is the podcast. This is what we're here for. But when we have a normal conversation, I do move through it a little quicker and I keep things simple and then move on. Like I told, I told Trina about. When he about, sees the eyes glaze over, he finishes up. I told Triana about playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I didn't get into all the details. I kept it short and simple. I knew she didn't care, but it was important to me, and I knew she would be okay with me sharing. So, anyway, the reason we're going to slot Guardians of the Galaxy here right after this one is because, first of all... Chris said so. The, well, I mean, ultimately, everything that happens on the show is because I say so. Sadly, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) But... The reason He's it actually go has all a diva on this very season. logical reason, I think. The reason we're slotting Guardians of the Galaxy one in. I'm the one watching it, and I don't care. They don't care either. Some people who have seen the movies will care because I said chronological order, and this actually puts us Guardians of the Galaxy is technically like three years ahead of where we're going to be, but it doesn't take place on Earth other than the very beginning piece, which doesn't matter. So we're going to slot it in because the mid credit scene actually gives us a perfect jumping segue. off point. We're going segue. Yeah, a perfect segue into Guardians. Plus, doing it this way keeps us from watching two Guardians of the Galaxy movies in a row between Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron, which those have no impact on what's going on. So I just thought this worked out really well as a pacing standpoint. And it flew. Oh, yeah. Flew, I remember flowed. him saying something about that now. Yeah. and it, He said pacing before. And it flows nicely. We flow away from Earth as, you know, we just got an alien attack. We flow away well, from I'm Earth. I'm ready to fly away from Earth right now. Then we come yeah. back and we deal with the aftermath. Then time happens after Winter Soldier. And so we look away and see what's happening up there and we come back to Earth. So, anyway, all that's to say, next movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm hyped. Beth is hyped, even though she's hey, kind of worn out hey, right now. Hey. And we are done. Were you right? Hold on. You always have a prediction on how I'm going to like a movie. Oh, 
I you, took, like, see, he forgot his own bit. I did, and I even checked my my notes, and my notes didn't have that bit written down because I came up with it after I wrote them. I am. I'm okay, so... he predicted. I don't remember what you predicted. What did you predict? I'm pretty sure I predicted you were gonna like it. Yeah, but I said you weren't gonna like it as much as I am, but I think you're gonna really like this movie. That's probably true. You're probably right. I haven't edited it yet, so I don't remember. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm almost I'm, positive that's what I said. Yes. And that's probably true. I did like it, yeah. but I sure didn't like it to your level of enthusiasm. No, and I knew you wouldn't. I, because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty much only friends with did. people who don't like things as much as I do, which is really weird when I think about it. But I think Guardians of the Galaxy, um I think you're going to I think you're going to be okay. It's you're not going to be you're not going to like it a lot. Is where I think you're gonna fall. I don't think it's gonna. You're gonna hate I it. I love this because it always gives me something to look forward to. But here's the thing: I'm also lowering your expectations a little bit, so you're gonna like it a little more than you might have otherwise. But now I've explained it, so they come back down. No. Okay, sure everyone. I'm walk out the door. We're and done now. What we've talked about. Um, my name is Beth. Oh, is this the part where I do the thing? Tell your name, yeah. I know. I was making a joke. Try Let's try that again. Yeah, right. That's bad. This is well. I don't like this. Why? This one's not good. It was better when I was cutting you off and saying my name. What okay, talk, talk. Ah. Okay, I think we're all done now. This is best. This is Triana. And I'm always angry. Thanks for listening to Cinematic Sagas, a part of the As If You Didn't Know network. Episodes release every other Wednesday. That jaunty tune you hear is Comic Hero by Kevin McLeod, and he's used under the Creative Commons license. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. We would love to hear from you, so send emails to saga at asifydk.com. Our Twitter and Instagram handles, asifydk, and our website, asifydk.com. That's the words as, if, and the letters y, d, k. See you there.